within the depth of our imagination recites a realm nourished solemnly by our thirst to comprehend the inexplicable, to encounter the supernatural, and to glimpse into another dimension. Welcome to Strange Days Live, where we are devoted to fulfilling this hunger and understanding the mysteries of the unexplained. I am your host, Doc. On this Thursday, leap year, February 29th of 2024 at 8 p.m. And today's show will be all about medical mysteries. Be ready. How you guys doing tonight? Hope you guys are doing well. <clears throat> Leap year, huh? Lucky those that are born today, for they shall always be younger than the rest of us. Hope you guys are having a blessed night. You're having fun, you're having good times, you're having some good food. And getting ready for tomorrow being Friday, which is one of my particular favorite days. <clears throat> Want to make me happy? Give me a rainy Friday with a long weekend and nothing to do. Nothing makes me happier than that. So, so far everything's been going well. Show's been going well. And I created a new page. As you can see at the bottom of the screen, it's uh, an account. It looks like a personal account. And it's called Strange Days Paranormal. That's a direct address for it. And you'll get me. You'll get Strange Days. That's the name of the so-called user. So it'll be a direct link to me. So go ahead and friend me. Uh, for those of you guys that have Facebook, go ahead and friend me and um, we can talk and do all kinds of things through Facebook. I decided against having a Facebook page. I'd rather just have a Facebook account and that way I can manage things a little bit better. So facebook.com forward slash strange days paranormal. Strange days life was taken. But uh, yeah, go ahead and friend me there. And I think strange days life takes you to the page of the show, but I'd rather just have friends. That way we can kind of talk directly as opposed to just going through the page. Anyways, let's see here. We already got the comments pumping. Clutch, what's going on? Michaela, good to have you. JD, all right. Good to have you guys here on the show. Kind of changed a little bit. Got some new music in the background, our little theme song. I'm finally uh, spent 25 bucks in Fiverr and had some guy compose a scary theme um, I'm still not 100% sold on it. It grows on me, but then he's also working on another uh, tune. So I'll see which one of the little ditties I like better, and then we'll keep it. This one sounds kind of cool. I like it, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Anyway, so today I thought, hey, let's do some strange medical mysteries. And so I found a bunch so we can get started. Um, so I expect some good friends today to hit me up on the Strange Late, uh, Strange Taste Live page that I just created on Facebook. I know you guys have Facebook. Let's see here. Um, good. So let's get right on it. I'd rather just jump right into the show. Uh, let's see. And now some of them will be briefer than others, you know, and some of them will be longer than others. Uh, but let's dive into this is called the 10 top medical mysteries from around the world. So we'll travel. Make sure you have your passport in hand as always. And let's see where the world take us. 
change the level back green secure the first one takes us to Lancash. uh <laughs> you know what england please change the name of your cities spanish people cannot pronounce them they're very hard lackenshire england okay that's every time i do stuff in england i always have a heck of a time pronouncing the cities uh you guys have these excuse me weird ways to pronounce stuff firth and fifth and lancashire and glomonshire change it just make it easy call it like washington okay <laughs> It's probably not your favorite name. Anyways, uh, here we go. This is called The Woman Who Can Hear Her Eyes Move. And she lives in Lancashire. Whatever. She lives in England, okay? And this woman can actually hear her eyes move. I tried it. I moved my eyes when I heard this. And I can't hear my eyes move. And I feel bad for her. Uh, I know everybody's moving their eyes now to see if they can hear them. No, you probably won't be able to. This is uh, I've never heard of this before. And uh, I wouldn't know how to deal with it. From a medical perspective, isn't that sad? Uh, probably send you to the ear, nose, and throat specialist to kind of help you there with your eyes. Um, I like, before we go on, I, I like background music. Do you guys like background music or you guys just like the, the, the sound of my voice? Because I always have to have something playing in the background. It just kind of gives me a little bit more of a relaxing atmosphere. You know? If you guys want me to take off the music, I'll take it off. From my perspective, I kind of enjoy it, but it can be a little bit repetitive. So this poor lady, she lives in England, and she can hear her eyes move. Uh, her name is Julie Redfern from Lancashire. Why do I keep saying like Lancashire? Was playing uh, the popular computer game Tetris eight years ago when she started hearing a funny squeaky sound. She couldn't figure out for her life where it was coming from until she realized the sound occurred every time she moved her eyes from side to side. Julie was actually hearing the sound of her own eyeballs move. In the years that followed, Julie became aware that she could also hear her blood cursing through her veins. She must have some really, really, really fine-tuned auditory system. Um, the sound of her own chewing was so loud uh, she missed out on the conversation. Uh, the, she misses out on conversation around the dinner table. Perhaps the worst of it came when her condition became so bad that her eyes would literally shake in their sockets when the office phone rang. That's really bad. I know that people tend to have uh, sensitivity to sound, like high-pitched screaming, especially from kids, or sometimes from like um, just regular noise. And m most of those conditions have to do with your inner ear being full. Uh, we have a, in the middle ear, we have a little tube that drains into his mouth. It's called the eustachian tube. If that tube gets plugged up or kinked, then we develop a, a pressure issue within our middle ear because it cannot equilibrate. Now, this is the, the middle ear. It's a part of your ear that pops when you go up a mountain or maybe so when you go up an airplane, there you go, you hear the, the pop. That means that your station, <laughs> come on, your station tube is working. But sometimes it gets plugged up. Can it be chronic? Uh, it can be due to different things, you know, chronic uh, allergies, seasonal allergies, what have you. So what I do when mine uh, starts acting up, I take uh, the Allegra medication. It's an antihistamine over the counter, and that tends to set me straight because if I let it go for too long, I start getting vertigo, and that's very uncomfortable. So long story short, this poor lady, um, she was diagnosed with actually, it's called superior canal dehiscence syndrome. I've never heard of it. This is a very rare medical condition that causes the bone of the inner ear to lose density. 
resulting in very sensitive hearing. Okay, so losing sensitive, sensitive uh, density and bone, that's what we call osteoporosis. So that tends to occur in all of our bones as we get older, 60s, 70s. Um, the you know, osteopenia and then osteoporosis. So usually we advise people to take um, calcium and vitamin D supplements starting in their teens to avoid their bones from deterioration. But it sounds like this particular lady um, had it in her ear bones, which would be very um, uncommon. Mm. I'm, I'm, so, I'm wondering if she could have maybe um, bypass her own, uh, you know, if she could bypass, if it's very uncomfortable, I would offer her to bypass her whole hearing system and just get the 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 cord or the implants, right? The the cochlear implants. Basically, you get like a little speaker implant if it's that debilitating. Um, let's see. Doctors only became aware of this medical condition during the nineties. Pioneer surgery was performed on Julie. Oh, good. Her doctor successfully restored normal hearing to one of her ears, which has given her hope that the other ear can be cured as well. Well, let's pray for Julie. Hopefully, she can get her uh, hearing the way it's supposed to be <clears throat> because it would be horrible to be uh, inundated with all these loud noises and loud sounds. Our ninth case of the night, this is a boy who doesn't feel hunger. This is Cedar Falls, Iowa. There's a 12-year-old boy named Landon Jones who woke up one morning in 2013 without his usual appetite. Not uncommon, right? Especially kids are kind of finicky. They don't like to eat a lot of food, but they survive somehow. Um, according to the parents and the kid, he felt very faint and could not stop coughing because of this thick phlegm that it was actually blocking his chest. So what would you think as a parent? Maybe he's coming down with a cold. Maybe he's allergic to something. So, you know, it must have been very severe because his parents rushed him to the hospital where actually doctors discovered that he had an infection in the left lung. Okay, not uncommon, it happens. Uh, they wasted no time in treating Landon and the infection was soon handled. However, his appetite did not return when he got back home. Okay, who would expect that, right? I mean, the little boy's on antibiotics, he's sick. I wouldn't expect uh, his appetite to be right on point, especially when somebody's sick. We all know that our appetite sort of decreases. Uh, because of the lack or, of will to eat or drink anything, Landon rapidly lost weight. So this lasted a few more days. Before his family knew what hit them, Landon had lost approximately 36 pounds. Now, this is a 12-year-old boy that probably weighs around 50 pounds. So he was back to about, you know, 25, 30 pounds. It was very concerning. Uh, doctors were at complete loss as to what was causing Landon this particular lack in hunger and thirst. Now, that's weird. I can understand lacking, uh, you know, hunger by thirst. Uh, thirst is more strange. In the years since Landon's infection, his parents have taken him to various medical experts in five different cities, and so far, no success. All they know is that Landon might well be the only person on the planet with this particular condition. Landon now has to be reminded on a constant basis to eat and drink. Even his teachers have gotten into the habit of making sure he ingests food and drinks water during school hours. Uh, doctors are currently working to figure out whether Landon might have a dysfunctional hypothalamus, which is uh, a gland that sits on our brain that's in charge of making hormones, which was a part of the brain that controls hunger and thirst. Could be. They're also are looking into medications that Langdon is uh, to control what doctors call an absent seizure, 
the exact cause of Landa's illness remains unclear at this stage. Now, in regards to the hypothalamus, or the thalamus for that, people can actually live without the whole gland. It's very strategic because it makes a whole lot, a bunch of uh, hormones, but you can you can get away with living but without it. <clears throat> and so people that don't have the gland, I don't know if they experience a lack of thirst, of hunger. I haven't heard of anything like that. Now, and recall of absence seizure disorder. These are seizures that are uh, can happen up to like a couple of hundred times a day. People just often stare off in the distance. And uh, they're not noticeable because uh, people just tune out, you know. It's like you have a kid in class looking out the window and um, not paying any attention at all because he's having seizures. And they're not your typical seizures where you fall to the ground, you contort, and you have all the, these are very um, brief but they could, they, they, they're very episodic, meaning that they, they happen on a regular basis, up to like 200 episodes a day. So that's a very strange case as well. Now, number eight, we have a girl who was, who was mysterious paralyzed. She was mysteriously paralyzed, and this occurred in Tampa, Florida. So about a month and a half before Christmas of 2013, there was a girl, nine-year-old, Mary Sue Grivna, um, who mom, her mom took her to the hospital to get her annual flu shot. Uh, this year, the little girl was celebrating uh, Christmas confined to a wheelchair and unable to express herself vocally as she could last year because in the period of one year, she was completely um, paralyzed. So three days after receiving the flu shot, Little Mary Sue struggled to get up in the morning and was unable to speak. Terrified, obviously, her parents rushed her to the hospital. They were shocked when doctors diagnosed their daughters with acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. Fancy word for myelin. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a protein that covers the nerve cells. Okay, think about it as a wire, uh, any wire, you know, look at a wire around your home. The wires have an insulation on top of it, right? We don't just have plain wires right now. We usually have a coating of plastic that coats the wires. Same with our, um, it's the same way with our nervous system. Our nerves have this wiring that, uh, you know, as we conduct electricity, this isolation uh, protein is called myelin. So when myelin gets destroyed, then you have misfiring or lack of firing from nerves. Uh, muscular scler uh, multiple sclerosis, actually, uh, it's a disease in which the myelin gets attacked. So, you know, people that have MS will have inability to walk, inability, sometimes they lose their sight, but um, the attack is only temporary. So they, they actually regain their ability after the myelin is able to fix itself, repair itself, I should say. So acute disseminating encephalomyelitis, known as ADME, this disease particularly begins with the immune system attacks myelin, okay? And so I, I often explain medical things because I have knowledge of it before I read the article. So I don't want to sound repetitive, but now it's going to go into the explanation. So myelin encases nerves in the brain and spinal cord. The white matter inside the brain and spine become extremely vulnerable without the myelin, right? Just like a cable would without any coating. Uh, once this discovering is broken through, paralysis and blindness can occur. Doctors cannot confirm or deny the parents' accusation, obviously, that the flu shot caused Mary Sue uh, to receive this illness. I don't 
I don't think so. I don't think it was a fluke. Sometimes things just match up. You know, it's um, akin to you going in the subway instead of taking the car to work and you decide to play the lottery. And lo and behold, you win. You can say that it was the, the train trip to work as opposed to driving to work that aligned everything. So you won the lottery. So things sometimes they align, but they don't really... Uh, mean that they're uh, they're causative and the flu I take the flu shot every single year and I have for years and um, I'm not going to dismiss her case but per- uh, the, the flu shot's pretty pretty benign if you will Carla and Steven Grivna have done extensive research and refuse to believe the vaccines well that's on them and medical experts confirm that the exhaust cause of Adam is known and that the results uh, of several tests done on little Mary Sue are all inconclusive when it comes to determining the matter in which she contacted the disease. So if there's a contaction, if, they, if they're mentioning that the girl contacted the disease, that lets me to believe that this disease is contagious. So she could have picked it up maybe on her way to the hospital when she was in the hospital from somebody at school. And some people can fight off things easier than others, unfortunately, for little Mary Sue. She was unable the future looks quite bleak for Mary Sue, even though doctors believe there is a slight chance her symptoms might be reversible, hopefully. Her father has taken to carrying his daughter everywhere, unable to help her in any other way. Very sad case. Let's go here to man the, the comment section. Um, see, Clutch. No Facebook account ever, says Clutch. This is only social media. I get. Yes. We get you, Clutch, and we love you, and we respect you. JD says, uh, I'm with Clutch. This is the only social media I have. Clutch, now our best is best friends with JD. Uh, okay. GBS, uh, yeah, Gillian Barre, you're absolutely right. Uh, syndrome, people who have GBS can't have flu shots. Yes, Gillian Barre syndrome, you guys are pretty good. Um, so, yeah, it could be. Uh, it could be, but, um, Gillian Barre is usually reversible from what I've known. Multiple, you know, both of them, Gillian Barre also attacks, uh, nerve cells as well. You're absolutely right. Who knows? Uh, but most of these conditions, uh, you can control with autoimmune, uh, modulators. So if you put somebody on a medication that, uh, suppresses the immune system, then you have, your body has less, uh, potential to attack itself. And you can have episodes of quote-unquote normalcy. It could be, but uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they've thought about it. I'm sure they kind of tried it. Um, but yeah, you guys are right on the spot, both of you guys. Yeah, no kidding. Brother has Julian Barre syndrome. Yeah, I've had one patient with uh, Julian Barre syndrome in the hospital, and it wasn't pretty. A <clears throat> uh, guy was there probably for a month. But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't uh, Pleasant for the patient. He was just knocked out for about a month. And you know how it is. You you spend one day in the hospital. They, this is what they say. They tell you one day of being hospitalized is equivalent to one week to get back to normal. So you spend five days in the hospital. It's going to take you five weeks to get back to your, of your baseline prior to being admitted, let alone imagine a month. Some people are more resilient. This was a big guy. <clears throat> heavy lifter, but sometimes sometimes people don't get back to their baseline, you know, especially when you've had these things that can often recur. Going back to another strange medical case, this is about a little girl who cries stones. This happened in Yemen. 
at the beginning of this year, let's see what this year is, because this is probably an order. Yeah, this is, this is 20, uh, 20, this is an article from 2014. At the beginning of this year, Yemeni father Mohammed Saleh Al-Yaharini, you guys surprised. Did you, did you like that pronunciation? My, uh, my Arabic's on point. I have a lot of friends from Lebanon. They probably butchered their name, but I, I pretend like it sounded okay. I think it's easier for Spanish speakers to kind of try to pronounce a little bit of the anglicized way of Arabic names. Anyways, I'm getting off the subject here. Uh, Mr. Muhammad was astonished when his eight-year-old daughter, Sadia, started crying tiny stones instead of tears. Sadia is one of 12 children born to Muhammad from two wives. Look at that, Mr. Muhammad, busy guy. She is the only one of her siblings with the strange condition. No one has been able to give Sadia a diagnosis, nor can doctors find anything out of the ordinary were her eyes. Another girl in the same region is the only other confirmed case of crying stones. 15-year-old Sabura Hassan Alfagia experienced the same tiny stone tears. Could it be that Mr. Mohammed had a third wife in the works? I don't know. Plausible? Perhaps. Maybe he carries some kind of gene. I don't know. This little girl also suffers from a distended abdomen and will become unconscious for hours at a time because some weird, something weird is going on here. This is, sounds like something's happening. Sabora was treated in Jordan and seems to have recovered. The same is unfortunately not true for Sadia. All the doctors she has seen are unable to help her. You would think that Sadia would probably tell her, hey, this is what happened to me. This is what they did for me. And this is how they fixed me. The locals in her village whispered that the girl might be possessed or under a spell. Her father confirms during an interview that Sadia also cries normal tears at times and that the stones mostly appear during the late afternoon and at night. Luckily, she is in no pain, even though up to 100 little stones sometimes appear in one day. All right, so let's try to explain this thing away. Um, so we have uh, glands, right, in our eyes that make tears, correct? And uh, the lacrimal gland, that's one of them. That's the only one, really, that makes tears. So, you know, just as we can have uh, stones in our kidneys or stones in our gallbladder, or you can have also salivary stones, you know, how we make saliva. Sometimes people in the salivary glands can develop stones. It wouldn't be unusual that the tear gland, the lacrimal gland, can also... Um, condense, right, um, solutes and create little stones. I mean, that's why if, if you think about it, uh, tears usually taste salty, right? So that means that the lacrimal gland must depend on salt production for their tears. Now, as you all know, salt can condense and form little stones. So perhaps little Sadia is crying stones or she's probably crying uh, salt, salt stones. They're very small, so they're probably not painful. Um, so yeah, the problem must be there some way. Maybe it's a genetic uh, inability for the for the gland to either process salt or properly dissolve salt. Maybe as she gets older, the gland gets bigger. It will uh, maybe be able to dissolve the salt, so she wouldn't be able to have that problem anymore. Who knows? But that's a possibility. Very strange. But uh, yeah, it is a possibility. 
let's go here with the well actually you know what let me you guys are pretty active on the comment section not anymore okay anyways we'll go to the next baffling medical case number six 12 girls with the same mysterious symptoms this occurred in Leroy New York and what many people would dismiss as an incident of mass hysteria, 12 girls from a high school in New York shared an experience that left medical doctors searching for an explanation. After taking um, a nap one day in 2000, excuse me, 11, one student, Fira Sanchez, woke up with uncontrollable limbs and vocal tics. Something like this had never happened to her before especially not the strange verbal, verbal outburst that made her seem like she was suffering from Tourette's syndrome. Stranger than this was the fact that 11 other girls from Sanchez High School developed the same exact symptoms. A neurologist, uh, neurologist diagnosed all the girls with a conversion disorder. This is when... Uh, conversion disorder is usually when you have something else going on, um, you know, uh, psychologically and uh, you turn it into something that's more uh, visual if you will you know so let's say you're stressed out um, and so you manifest your disorder in an unconventional way I mean, I want to give you a better explanation um, than this but yeah that's a conversion disorder there's many conversional disorders so, a conversion disorder, also known as a functional neurological symptom disorder, FND, is a psychiatric disorder characterized by symptoms affecting sensory and motor function. These signs and symptoms are inconsistent with pattern of known neurologic disease or other medical conditions. So, for example, if you ever, if you know the way that your body is wired, uh, aka uh, how the how your body is innervated, right? We know that. Um, Somebody cannot just show up to you and be like, you know, my my hand is completely numb, just my hand, and, uh, and nothing else. Well, bad example. Um, let's see. Let, uh, let's see a part. Okay, so the middle finger is innervated by two different nerves. So if somebody came up to you and be like, I can't feel. I can't feel the bottom of my finger, but I can feel the top. Like I have no sensation at the bottom of my finger, but I can feel the top. Then you know that it's not a nerve issue because the nerve courses through the the part that they wouldn't have any sensibility. You can't just cut the nerve there and have the nerve, uh, you know, uh, down river, if you will, to have sensation. Or some people will come in and they will tell you that um, I can't feel my elbow, just the elbow. I can't feel the elbow. So you know that that can be medically explained because in there, the elbow may have different sources of innervation. So unless all the nerves were cut, especially when somebody doesn't have any physical trauma, right? If they say, I just don't feel that I feel everything else in my body, except I have this one patch of skin that I may not have. Uh, so something that doesn't really ring true with the way that your body is wired then um, then you know it's a conversional disorder. You know, it's like somebody taking a car to the mechanic and saying, my wheel gets flat only on this portion of the wheel. If the whole wheel is fine, but only a little portion of the wheel gets flat, you know that's not possible. Wheels don't work that way. Nerves don't work that way either. So they thought it was a conversion disorder that affected all 11 girls. In other words, he believed the incident to be a case of mass hysteria. Now, mass hysteria is not uncommon, but uh, I have another case coming up later on in the broadcast that's going to 
kind of point toward what mass hysteria could look like. Other doctors believe that stress was the main factor causing these strange symptoms. Yeah, but I mean, how is stress going to present the same on everybody? Two mothers, including, including Thera's mother, have challenged the doctor's findings, even though health officials made sure nothing at school itself was making the girl sick. Of course, they don't want the liability. The two mothers were not given proof of their investigations conducted by these officials and are unsatisfied uh, with their findings. There was uh, still uh, there was still twitching, stuttering, and suffering from uncontrollable verbal outburst. Weeks later, doing a media interview, to date, no satisfactory explanation had been given for the incident. Yeah, and another thing, you know, usually mass hysteria it lasts uh, doesn't last too long, right? It lasts for a few hours at most. Um, what do I think it had? Maybe it had to do with some kind of exposure, some kind of chemical exposure at school that might affect the a certain brain region. Uh, maybe these girls were friends. They indulged in some kind of drug that uh, affected a certain uh, area of the of the brain for all of them. Because it has to be, you know, it has to be a specific area that's triggering all these same symptoms. So it's either exposure to a toxin or maybe it is uh indulging in a particular uh chemical you know so yeah that's my two cents let's see here let's go into another baffling medical mystery this is number five this is about the girl who didn't age this is from maryland by the time Brooke Greenberg passed away at the age of 20 she had never learned to speak and had to be pushed around in a stroller even though she was getting older, her body refused to age. At the time of her death, Brooke's mental capacity was that of a toddler. She was still the size of a baby. Scientists and doctors are still unable to come up with an explanation for medical uh, for Brooke's medical condition. She was uh, a miracle baby since birth. She survived several stomach ulcers and had a stroke. She also made it through a brain tumor that caused her to sleep for two weeks. And when she finally woke up, the tumor was gone. Doctors were mystified, so yeah, very strange case. The way Brooke's body developed over the years was also very strange. At the age of six still, she still hadn't lost her baby teeth, but her bones were thought to be the same as those of a 10-year-old, except in size, of course, right? Her hair and fingernails continued growing normally. She was able to recognize her siblings and express happiness. A certain retired medical expert from the University of Florida Medical School, Mr. Richard Walker, had made it his life missions to find out what caused this medical mystery known as Syndrome X, really? I thought Syndrome X was something else. He is also studying similar cases, including young girls of eight who weighs only five kilograms or 11 pounds and a 29-year-old whose body resembles that of a pre-adolescent uh, adolescent boy. Syndrome X. Let me look this up. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, so they, he calls it Syndrome X, but Syndrome X is completely something else. It's actually Syndrome X, the one that I studied in med school. Uh, it's a clustering. It's actually you're resistant to insulin. Uh, you have uh, you're either resistant to insulin or you have too much insulin in your blood. And so you're obese. You have a high central uh, distribution of fat. You have hypertension and cholesterol problems. So it's very, it's a very common uh, set of symptoms that a lot of people have. So that is what we call syndrome X. That's why it sounded weird to me. I remember when I was a kid, we used to watch, um, one second here. 
I used to watch uh, That's Incredible, and there was a show, and they had these two little boys who actually, they were like probably in their teens, and they looked like old men. So it was kind of like the opposite of this syndrome. They were, they, they look way old. They aged like five times the rate of normal aging. Uh, number four is the woman who regained her sight in Auckland, New Zealand. So let's see how interesting this is. Uh, New Zealand native Lisa Reed had no hope of ever regaining her sight after she lost it at age 11. Then at age 24, she accidentally bumped her head and woke up the next morning with her sight restored. As a child, Lisa was diagnosed with a tumor that pressed down so severely on her optic nerve that she lost her sight. Doctors could do nothing for Lisa, who learned to deal with her condition and got herself a guide dog. Indirectly, Amy, the guide dog, helped Lisa regain her sight. One night in 2000, Lisa knelt down on the floor so she could kiss her beloved dog goodnight, and she struck her head on a coffee table while attempting to reach Amy, the dog. Nothing happened right away except perhaps a slight headache, but when Lisa woke the next morning, it was no longer dark. She could see as clearly as she could before she lost her sight. 14 years later, Lisa still has her sight. That's a great story. Number three, we have the boy who can't open his mouth. This is in Ottawa, Canada. Lockjaw is a common symptom in dogs, but similar case in newborn babies perplexed doctors at Ottawa Hospital early this year, 2014. Little Wyatt couldn't open his mouth to cry when he was born in June 2013, and he spent the first three months of life in hospitals while doctors tried to figure out how to help him. Unable to assist the little boy in unlocking his jaw, doctors finally sent him home and confirmed the baby's parents that there was no, there was, uh, no glaring reason for his son's condition. During the following month, Wyatt nearly lost his life on six occasions due to choking and the inability to cope air through his closed mouth, poor little guy. His saliva builds up in his mouth and blocks his airway because he is unable to drool like both babies. In a controversial mood move, medical experts have implemented the use of Botox to try and relax Wyatt's jaw, and this helped the little boy to open his mouth slightly. However, the problem still needs resolving as the dangers associated with this condition are likely to increase as he grows older. This June, Wyatt had to eat his birthday dinner through a feeding tube directly into his stomach. His parents have also recently noticed that their baby doesn't blink both his eyes at the same time. Ongoing tests are currently done only to hope that his parents find a solution. Goodness, poor little dude. Case number two, the woman with a new accent. This occurred on Ontario, Canada. A funny feeling of confusion and weakness prompted Rosemary Dord to head to the nearest hospital back in 2006. She was actually found to be suffering from a stroke on the left side of her brain. Before she was admitted to the hospital, everybody was used to Dora speaking in her native southern Ontario accent. However, Everyone was completely amazed when one day she suddenly started speaking with an Eastern Canadian accent. As hard as she tried to speak normally, she couldn't stop the accent from coming out. Doctors determined that on top of the strokes she suffered, Rosemary Doral also had a foreign accent syndrome, which is actually a complete legit um, rare condition, which most likely resort, uh, resulted from her brain trauma. Further investigation into her condition revealed that Dora's speech actually slowed down and started to change just before she had the stroke. 
Doctors believe that she still had the ability to speak in her normal accent, but the process of instructions from her brain to her mouth is not working the same way it used to, and it is therefore feels more natural to speak in her new accent. Experts who have done extensive research on this particular medical condition noted that there were about 60 confirmed cases of foreign accent syndrome worldwide. One of the first was a woman from Norway who was injured by a bomb fragment that was that struck her on her head during the Second World War. Just after the injury, she suddenly started speaking with a German accent. Boy, <clears throat> we are weird. Let's see here. Hey, what's up, Brad Pitbull? Good to have you here, my friend. Welcome to the show. Number one, the girl who felt no pain, Big Lake, Minnesota. When she was very little, Gabby Gringos constantly stuck her finger in her own eyes. One of her eyeballs eventually had to be removed. She also maimed three of her fingers by chewing on them. My goodness. Gabby suffered from an extremely rare medical condition that causes her to feel absolutely no pain. By the age of seven, she was required to wear a helmet and protective glasses to keep herself pay safe. In a documentary made when she was four, video footage uh, shows a little girl yeah, hitting herself on sharp edges. I'm going to stop right there. Poor little one. You know, this is actually what um, people that have uh, the, um, goodness gracious, work, work, work brain. Um what is the name of that old disease? Leper, leprosy. Yeah, lepers usually have, uh, they, they lack sensation. Now it's called Hansen's disease, but it was called leprosy, and it's still known as lepra. Long story short, they, they lose sensation, and that's why a lot of times their um, their limbs are, you know, uh, they, they lose the a lot of fingers. They, um, they just sort of look uh, a little bit maimed, if you will. So they have an inability to feel and feel pain. So it's very, very similar to what this poor little girl had. Yeah, let's see here. Uh -uh. So the foreign accent wants a trip. How can you imagine you guys? Hey, you barely bump your head and the next morning you're waking up with a Hispanic accent. Maybe that's what happened to me. <laughs> or maybe if I hit my head, I'll wake up with a British accent. That'd be funny. You probably guys wouldn't recognize me. He's like, hey, what happened to Doc? I don't know, man, but there's some other guy hosting the show now. Sounds weird. All right, let's see here what else we got in this far as medical mystery, medical mystery tour. Give me one second, guys. I have to calm down the crowd. The girls are, the girls are super, super quiet, but when they go on my show, they start yelling. You guys got kids? Explain that one to me, please. Right. Uh, let's see. This is uh, from the Medical University of Kansas. This is called the, our title of the article, Medicine's Most Intriguing Mysteries. This is just, uh, well, this is just questions that people have pondered. So one of the questions is, could humans ever be cloned? The short answer is yes, said Patrick Gonzalez, PhD. Give me one second, guys. All right. Um, 
the short answer is yes, says Patrick Gonzalez, PhD and a clinical associate professor of the University of Kansas School of Medicine. Remember Dolly, the Scottish sheep that was uh, cloned in July 1996? Dolly showed us that the whole mammal could be successfully cloned from an individual somatic, non-sperm, non-egg cell. Professor Gonzalez says, but Dolly also showed us that the technique is imperfect at best. Dolly's aged, uh, Dolly aged and died very prematurely due to shortened telomeres, which are the repetitive sequence that serve as the protective caps at the end of chromosomes. So in layman's term, think about a chromosome as a shoelace. You know, you have a shoelace and you know the little plastic things at the end of shoelaces. Those are protective and um, they have a, as we get older, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. So we get to an age where like the telomeres basically don't have any capping, any cap protection. So, you know, things, the replication method gets tainted and it gets bad and people die. So if we found a way that make our telomeres longer, the replication system would work better. So when it comes to cloning, Let's say that uh, I'm for let's say I'm 40 years old and I decide to clone myself. Well, the baby that will be born, she's going to be born with the telomeres uh, of a 40-year-old. So basically, the shoestrings that I give the baby, shoestrings, i.e., chromosomes, are going to have a shorter cap end cap. So when that baby is 40 years old, her telomeres or his telomeres are going to be equivalent or similar to those of an 80-year-old. You see where I'm going with this? So at whatever age uh, you get cloned, that is the age that the fetus uh, will be born in. So it, it, it won't be his, it's going to, it'll be his biological age, right? Biological age. So it'll be a baby, but it will be, you know, with the body or with the cells, let's just say, of a 20-year-old. So if you clone a sheep, clone a young sheep. You're not going to clone an old one. So, yeah. Uh, so is the answer to fix the telomeres to make them more protective, right? You want to either protect the, kid, the, the end caps or you want to make them longer. Manipulation of telomeres to extend the sequence is possible solution, but... Conferring extra telomere sequence to a cell could effectively immortalize the cell. Very cool. In other words, oh, cause cancer. Not cool. Cloning from uh, cells taken from younger humans may circumvent part of that problem, but then we have to ask how young is young enough. Even if the technical problems are solved, Mr. Gonzalez, professor, pointed out to the ethical and legal concerns of cloning are problematic. Would these cloned humans constitute an elite class of humans based on some desirable attributes such as intelligence or strength? I think they're mixing things here because they're mixing they're mixing cloning with genetic engineering. Okay, this article is just talking about cloning, not genetic engineering. Genetic engineering is when they tell you uh, how tall do you want your baby to be, what color of eyes you want your babies to have, what color of hair. What kind of nose that would be engineering you're manufacturing your baby but when it comes to cloning you're just creating an individual that's just like you 100 but it's not you okay so how do i feel personally about cloning i don't think there's nothing wrong with cloning you are creating a copy you're not creating yourself over again okay that baby even though it's potentially 100 you uh does not have the capability and will never have the capability to undergo everything that you went, all your physical, um, all your, basically your life, right? You, you, the, how you grew up exactly, 
uh, how you went to school, the age that you are, that you grew up at, uh, meaning, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, if you lived in the 50s. So all those things are, you can never, ever replicate. And even if you could replicate them, doesn't mean that the, just because somebody is 100% genetically similar to you that you're going to be the same person. Case in point, uh, twins, identical twins, you know, identical twins, right? They're not the same. So it will be akin to twinning yourself, basically, uh, when you clone yourself. Now, genetic engineer, I do have an issue with because uh, you will give people a fair advantage over others, right? Um, so I don't think we should mess with that. Let's see. Let me go here to the comment section. Oh, still pretty low. Okay, good. Uh, let's move on to our next cases here. And if you guys have questions, go ahead and ask. I appreciate answering questions. Um, here we go. So, well, this kind of got ghost tandem. Uh, the next article says, does a human lifespan have a limit? If you're hoping for immortal immortality in your lifetime, odds are that you are out of luck. <clears throat> Mr. Troen, MD, professor and chief of the Division of Geriatrics at the University of Medicine in Kansas, Um has spent years studying the functional capacity of older adults. He said that while science can lengthen the amount of time before expiration date, nothing in the scientific frontier will make those dates disappear. And who would want to live eternally? I mean, seriously, would you? I, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't like that. We know that one out of 10,000 people will actually make it to the age of 100. So that is rapidly growing group. But it's still very unusual for somebody to live that long. But, you know, it's about the quality, not the quantity of life. <clears throat> you know, if you make it to 100, but you're paraplegic, you have advanced Alzheimer's, what's the point, right? And wouldn't you rather just live until age 50 in your whole full capacity than to live to 100 miserably? Those are things that you have to, I mean, just because you're going to live longer doesn't guarantee the quality will be better. To reach supercentarian status, that means living much past 100, is rarer still. The good news is that many centenarians, uh, even up to 110 years old, are living very healthy and functionally capable lives. <clears throat> I think genetics plays a big role in that, you know? Much scientific research has gone into the quality of life issue and functional health instead of simply elongating life. I completely agree with that. Now... Uh, what causes migraine headaches? Okay, migraines affect more than 10% of people worldwide. Uh, they occur more often among people aged 20 to 50 years of age and is three times more common in women than in men. And the large U.S. Uh, surveyed 17.0 uh, or 17.1% of women and 5.6% of men reported having migraine symptoms. But what causes these often debilitating headaches? I can give you the Twitter version, but it's not that simple, says Dr. Ray, a clinical associate professor of neurology at the School of Medicine in KU. Just like uh, schizophrenia, a complex interplay of genetics and environmental factors is the likely cause of the crippling headaches, libel, quote-unquote, migraines. Migraines simultaneously involve the vascular system, the autonomic nervous system, and the pain-receiving system, and the pain-interpreting system. So it's a bunch of systems that kind of have to go haywire with somebody to experience a migraine. We initially thought of migraine as a vascular or blood, or a blood vessel disorder, but a lack of response to this line of treatment caused us to dive deeper into other possible contributors. 
That has led researchers to study neurotransmission or how the nerve impulses travel from neuron to neuron in the brain and throughout the body. Migraines might be happening because these neurons are either one hypersensitive or hypervigilant, even in the resting state, according to Lay. So why do people have this sensitivity and others don't? Could be genetics. We don't have a quick and easy answer for that question of what causes migraines. So hypersensitivity will be like somebody you think about it that's always on edge and you just kind of walk up to them and they get freaked out. Like they're always kind of about to fly off the wall. So are, you know, you have neurons that are like that. They're very triggered easily and uh, that creates a migraine. So how do you chill them out, right? Hi, that, well, that's a big question. Okay, so let's see here. What else do we have? Yeah, that's it for this particular article. There's nothing there that interests me anymore. Uh, let's go to the one that's that, that we were talking about, uh, mass uh, hysteria. And this is funny. This happened close to my hometown. This occurred, in, and I remember watching the news when this occurred because it was, it was huge. It was all over the news. Um, this is called The Death of Gloria Ramirez, uh, unfortunately also known as The Toxic Lady. You guys remember this case? Gloria Ramirez um, was an American woman who has been dubbed the toxic lady by the media, unfortunately, when several hospital workers became ill after exposure to her body and blood fluids. <clears throat> she was from Southern California. So long story short, Mrs. Ramirez was having trouble breathing. She was in a late, uh, late stage cervical cancer and she was taken to the local emergency department. Uh, while the physicians uh, were were treating Mrs. Ramirez, several hospital workers started fainting and others started experiencing symptoms such as shortness of breath, muscle spasm, and so panic ensued in the whole emergency department. Five workers required hospitalization, one of whom remained in an intensive care unit for two weeks after this particular incident. And this occurred in February 19th of 1994. Shortly, uh, shortly after arriving at the hospital, Mrs. Ramirez uh, died, actually, from complications related to cancer, unfortunately. And so um, the medical staff, before, obviously, she passed away, she was very, very sick. Uh, they injected her with diazepam, midazolam, and lorazepam to try to sedate her. Uh, uh, she, you know, uh, to kind of do some kind of procedure doesn't specify it very well, but those medications are usually used as sedatives. So um, when it became clear that Mrs. Ramirez was respond responding poorly to the treatment, uh, her heart rate, for some particular re reason, went into a rhythm, and she needed to be defibrillated. Now this is when you see in the TV when people put these paddles and they shock somebody. So many people after that they saw an oily substance. Uh, that was covering Mrs. Ramirez's body. And others uh, started noticing an odor emanating from her skin. It was a garlicky, garlicky kind of fruity odor. Um, most of them said it was coming from her mouth. So this poor lady was uh, sort of uh, bathed in some kind of oil and she was also spewing some kind of odor. So, you know, um, an investigation post-mortem uh, said that Ramirez had been self-injecting uh, dimethyl sulfoxide at home as a, as a means to treat her pain for the advanced cancer which she had. 
And this particular substance in your body actually converts into what is called dimethyl sulfate. Okay, so it's an extremely poisonous agent uh, via a series of chemical reactions in the emergency department. So she was injecting this, uh, sort of self-medicating herself for pain. She goes into the emergency department. Uh, they inject her with some medications. This causes the dimethyl sulfoxide to turn into an extremely poisonous agent. Hence, the apparition of uh, the oily, uh, toxic substance. Um, oil on her surface of the skin and perhaps the, the 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 bad order that was coming out of her mouth and uh a lot of people said also that when when they were drawing her blood to analyze it, it it was crystallizing her blood actually was coming out i believe it was green and it had like these crystals inside of it so that could have been you know uh, her body going into like full-on like just breakdown after several investigations, the, mo the most likely cause is that she covered herself in DMSO, which was the, what we talked about, uh, the the oil or the, the stuff that she was using for her pain. And uh, yeah, so they said that she was, wasn't only injecting it, but she was also covering herself. And that, that, that particular substance had the potential to be toxic. Two months after Mrs. Ramirez died, her body, her badly decomposed body was finally released for independent autopsy and burial. And on April 20th, 1994, 10 weeks after her death, Ramirez was buried at Olivewood Memorial Park in Riverside, California. So could it have been mass hysteria? It could be. Could it be both? Absolutely. Um, could it be something else? Could it be what medically they're speaking about it here? Yeah, there's a lot of plausible things that could have happened to Mrs. Ramirez. But I just thought that it was interesting about the whole mass hysteria uh, because there is such a, you know, there is such a thing as, as mass hysteria and people get all panicky and stuff. <clears throat> okay, here we go. So, uh, well, we're close to nine o'clock. Um, let me see if I have any other topics that I would like to discuss. Now, you guys want to ask questions again, like you did last time at the end of the show? Go ahead and post them in the comments section. Uh, as you know, I'm keeping the, um, the show close to one hour. I want to start it quick and end it an hour because I think it's more digestible that way for people. I don't want to have like an elongated uh, introduction. So, so when I'm listening to podcasts, I just want to kind of right, get right into it. All right, Michaela, thank you for joining. We became friends. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to do like a big introduction. Uh, I just want to kind of like get to the nitty gritty and start to start discussing the cases. Uh, I got more interviews uh, lined up um, for this week or next week. And what else? What else do I have? Uh, no, just, you know, if you guys want to want me to discuss a particular topic, I know that I think uh, Brad Pitbull mentioned that he wants to hear more stuff about Sasquatch or Bigfoot. So I might uh, kind of go back into that as well. Uh, listen to the shows. It helps me when there's listening. Uh, if, if you guys, I know you guys like to hear live, but if you want to hear in the car, there's I have a lot of podcasts where you can find me under Strange Days Paranormal. Recommend us to your friends and keep spreading the word as we get bigger and bigger. Okay, because this is what I I want to do as a little part-time gig. Um, other than that, 
what do you get you guys want to ask questions should i go one more case i mean it's nine o'clock i got listeners on i can stay and you know depending what you guys want to do let's see Pain. I'm just trying to look at other weird stuff. Stuff experimenting. So uh, I thought it, I thought I was looking at an article, kind of skimming through it to see if it would be interesting, but no, it wouldn't be interesting at all. All right, let's go. This one was. This is kind of cool. Let's talk, uh, it will be a last case. Um, unsolved medical mysteries that still baffle scientists. This was published uh, mdlinks.com on November 8th. Uh, let's see. Okay. There's, I never heard of this. This is called mermaid syndrome, serenomalia. Mermaid syndrome is a multi-system congenital deformity that is rare and lethal, characterized by diffusion of the lower limbs, which make them appear like a mermaid's tail. Yeah, I have heard about this. According to a case study published in the Journal of Medical Case Reports in April, Sereno, which in Spanish funny, sirena in Spanish means mermaid. So this is Sereno melia, occurs roughly one out of every 60 to 70,000. So, wow, it's pretty, I mean, pretty common. Pregnancies and is associated with urogenital and gastrointestinal malformation. Authors note that the cause of the condition remains unknown, but there are two hypotheses about how it arises. One, some believe that serenomalia is the result of defective, defective blastogenesis. So the inability for blastos to be created would lead to an impairment in the formation of a structure within the lower system. Others believe the condition develops due to abnormal vascular patterns or blood, uh, you know, blood vessel patterns based on the fact that in most cases of serenomalia, fetuses only have one umbilical artery as opposed to the typical two. Yeah, we have two umbilical arteries and one umbilical vein. However, most of the mechanisms involved remain unclear. Researchers have pinpointed some risk factors, including maternal diabetes and exposure exposure to heavy metals there also may be a genetic factor but confirmation requires additional research for now mermaid syndrome remains in status as a major medical mystery uh, all right so that's it folks we're gonna make it right into the hour and uh, let me go here and man the studio before we go Guys, thank you again for listening to the show. I appreciate you. Um, follow our Facebook. Uh, my Well, it's a Facebook page, but I'm going to be very uh, active on it. So the address is below. It's uh, forward slash strange days paranormal. Okay. I already got one of you guys to be a friend. All right. So I want more friends. We can all do with more friends. We can uh, make it fun. Make a fun group. So strange days paranormal. Uh, look it up on your Facebook account. And if you guys are Facebook haters out there, then don't look for it. Just kidding. It's okay. I respect that. I've just been on Facebook for so long that, you know, this is when fake, fake Facebook was cool that you could only join it when you had a college account. And then it just kind of became a very bad place. 
Thank you, Michaela. I enjoy you have I enjoy you having been listened to this. Part of my butchered English. I enjoy you. Uh, I enjoyed you have whatever. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Uh, it's good having you here. Uh, I wish you that you have a, a great night tomorrow. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do for a topic. We'll see. Uh, maybe a little hodgepodge of a lot of different things. But the medical mysteries was kind of cool, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So. Again, thank you guys. God bless you. Have a great night. And I'm going to play, right now I'm going to play the theme, one of the theme songs that I had uh, made by, by in Fiverr, uh, which actually wasn't five bucks. It came out to be like $23. But nonetheless, you're helping people that are creative do their craft. Tell me what you think about it in the comments. I'm going to play for a little bit as I sign off here. Uh, the new Strange Days Um uh, ditty if you will uh, or, or or show music here we go god bless you guys have a good night <laughs>